You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Thank you, worship team. I hope you've come to hear from the Lord this morning. I'm so excited to be up here and speaking today. Man, what an amazing time of worship. There's something about when God's people come together in one accord and we unite around. That's why we sing songs, right? That's why we sing songs together, that in one accord we come together and we sing to the Lord. And that concept that we choose to praise No matter what we're going through, whether the valley or the mountain, we choose praise. I hope that is something you can say today uh, with as much confidence as I can. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bayshore this morning. My name's Jeremy. I'm the executive pastor here. Pastor Danny's on vacation this week, getting some much-deserved rest. And so I get to come up and share this morning. A couple weeks ago, uh, I shared as well. We were in this same thought of community where we talked about small groups and the idea of doing life in circles together in between Sundays is such a valuable part of our walk with the Lord. And we talked about concepts that... Being in a small group helps us spiritually, helps us physically, it helps us emotionally, it helps us missionally with the the four points that we talked about. And so what we do here on Sunday mornings, sitting in rows, is amazing. We love that, but it's when we get in circles in between Sundays that we believe is even better. And so today is kind of a continuation of that topic. And so I want, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to go ahead and get prepared. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. So if you want to go ahead and turn there or if you have a phone and you want to browse there. By the way, if you don't have a Bible this morning, we would love to give you a Bible. We've got them right over here to my left. You can even get up and go get one now if you want or grab one after service. But we want to make sure that you have a Bible. If you don't, we want to give you one free of charge. So make sure you take advantage of that. If you are a digital person, we like to recommend the app. It's called Version. If you search that on the app store, it's a great app uh, that you can take on any mobile device anywhere you go. And as you're getting ready, as you're looking for those scriptures, I want to ask a question today. I want to take a poll. Uh, how many here like to go to the movies? Most of us, right? I, I, I actually, would, my wife would probably tell you this, that I'm not much of a movie goer. I go just because she likes to go usually. But uh, if you like going to the movies, the, the question I really want to get at today is what movie theater do you guys like going to? So I want to take a quick poll here. So we'll, we'll start like, if you go to the movies, do you go to the Regal in Salisbury? Let me see your hands or make some noise for that. Okay. There's a few of you there. There's a few of you there. How about movies at Midway in Rehoboth? Okay. Oh, we got some claps for that one. Okay, that's okay. You can clap for your favorite theater. That's fine. How about the Clayton in Dagsboro? Whoa. Okay. Um, I got another one here. Uh, it's called Fox Gold Coast. It's in North Ocean, Ocean City. Anybody? Woo. We got one. All right. And then uh, how about the flagship in West Ocean City? Uh, hey, hey, I'm speaking. Sit down. Good try. I'm preaching today. 
Well, as my wife tried to take over and say, the flagship is our favorite. Uh, if you've never been to the flagship, it's actually great. They've got those reclining chairs, right? You can lay all the way back in. They've got heat for those chairs. They also have air conditioning for those chairs, for those of you who prefer the chillier chair. I, I am uh, the type, I like to leave the heat on the entire time when we're there. We love that uh, movie theater. Matter of fact, my wife loves it so much. She will normally put on what I would say resembles pajamas <laughs> and grab a blanket. She actually walks into the theater with a blanket, reclines, <laughs> And uh, is ready for the movie. And uh, so depending on what theater you guys like, I want you to kind of think about your experience as you go to a movie theater, right? The, so much has changed in theaters over the years. Right now you can pre-order your food before you get there. They'll have it waiting for you when you get there. You've got these reclining, cushy, air-conditioned and, and heated seats. Um, you can even pick your seat before you get there to make sure that you maximize the space between you and the other people who are going to be there, right? That's what I do. I'm like, where's the spot that has the least amount of people so we can be as far away from them as possible? And right, and so there's all of these things uh, that are set up ultimately to make sure that you have a great experience and that you are entertained and comfortable, and so we go to the movies and we get into this space where we're uh, comfortable and we want to be entertained and we're evaluating this movie the whole time, right? Like, what do we see on the screen? Are the actors any good? Is the story any good? Do I believe that person as an actor? You know, all of these things. Was the music of the, the was the score good? Did it fit the movie? Did, was it too loud? Was it not loud enough? Was the heat just right? Was it too cold? Was it too hot? And all of these things were evaluated evaluating as we're watching. And if you're like me, when you walk out, whoever you attend it with, you're going over your list of, of things that you evaluated while you went to the movies and you're sharing your experience of what you saw and what you felt and what you thought. And I think that a lot of times we can come to a church service in much the same way that we attend a movie at a theater. And what I want to spend just a few minutes today talking about, what I want to show you today is that in this passage we're about to read in 1 Corinthians, is that the, the church is not something to be consumed like a movie. It's not something to be consumed, but it is here. And, and, and what I want you to get out of this today is that we are not consumers, we are contributors. We are not consumers. We are contributors. And so in 1 Corinthians today, I want to give you a little context before we read here so this all makes sense. Paul is the writer of the book of 1 Corinthians. And it's a letter to a church that was established in the city of Corinth. He wrote the letter, this letter we're about to read, about 10 years after his second missionary journey where he was traveling around. It was his second missionary journey. So this letter comes 10 years after that. But during that second journey, the church in Corinth was established 
And Corinth was, it's, it's a major city. It was a port city in that time. And so it had a lot of influence from all over the region. The culture was a very diverse culture. It was a, a metropolitan-like area where there was a lot of entertainment. There was a lot of what we would consider like a New York or, or a Washington, D.C. or a Baltimore type city. There's all kinds of things going on there. And there was a lot of people, a lot of fun in the city. And Paul takes the gospel to Corinth. And people receive the Lord in the church's planet. And so this letter comes a decade later. And Paul is writing them because he's noticing some of this consumer type of mentality that is beginning to creep into the church and into the culture of the church at Corinth. And so instead of the church influencing the culture around it, the church had begun to be influenced by the culture. And so it is all of this consumerism or this consumer mentality that is going on and being uh, brought into the church of Corinth. And Paul is writing them to address this issue. That's what we're about to read here. He's, he's writing them to address some of these issues. And he's going to say something in summary, like we already mentioned, that we are not consumers. We are contributors. And so what, what he's going to do along the way as we read this is give them a lot of thoughts. And, and I want to try to take those thoughts and summarize them today into three general concepts for us to take in. Uh, where Paul is attempting to pastor them from this consumer mentality and into a contributor contributor mentality. And so let's start in the scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. It says this, just as the body, though one has many parts, but all of the parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And, when, and we were all given to one spirit to drink. Now, the concept that Paul is wanting us to get here is this, and this is point number one this morning. Paul wants us to know that we are supernaturally connected. We are supernaturally connected. Now, we spoke a little bit about this as we talked about Corinth, but Corinth, again, was this melting pot of a city, and you had people from all over, different cultural backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, educational backgrounds, political backgrounds, all these things coming together into the city of Corinth. And the problem is, especially in this time in history, that it was along those distinctions that people had that dividing lines were drawn, right? In that time, especially people uh, uh, did not sort of uh, mix with other people who had different sort of ideas or come from different cultures or ethnicities. These were these very uh, 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 clear dividing lines between people of different cultures. And these are the things that have begun to spring up in the church of Corinth. And then you have these people who have responded to the gospel and they were to live these new lives in Christ. But for them, their entire lives have been built around these divisions, these distinctions in their lives that kept them divided. 
And so it's, it's, it's now coming in and creating factions in the church. And what's interesting is that these factions in the church, you have people who all thought that their way was the best way, right? Their way was the best way. So they wanted things done our way. We want things tailored around our culture or we want things tailored around our socioeconomical class or our kind of educational background or, or all these things. We want it done our way. And so Paul writes to them in this letter and he's saying, no, 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 hold on. This is a different kind of community that we're trying to establish here. This is a different way uh, of doing life, different than what you're used to. There is something different that is happening in the church. It's not just an event that we attend and get our way, you know, like the old Burger King slogan, right? Have it your way. That's not the kind of community that we're establishing here. It's not just an event that you attend. This is a different type of community where the Holy Spirit has supernaturally connected us together. Supernaturally connected us together and removing those dividing lines and distinctions. Now, my wife has already made some noise today, so I'm gonna have to ask you to be quiet on this one. But if you know her much at all, you will know that she is an Auburn Tigers fan. She loves the Auburn Tigers. She has many family members who uh, uh, have attended Auburn University. Uh, she actually has family members uh, who played football at the Auburn University or actually in the Auburn Hall of Fame for football. Her brother played at Auburn on their basketball team. Uh, she, her father pastored for many years when she was young, a church uh, in uh, Auburn. And uh, so like to this day, she literally has a hard time not buying everything we own in orange and blue, right? Everything from uh, uh, clothes we wear to the, the paint we put on our, our walls to everything. It's orange and blue. And if you wear orange and blue around her, you're probably going to get yelled at with a war eagle, right? You're going to hear that. And if you're an Alabama fan, you are not her friend, right? That's just the way it is with Auburn Tigers. If you know anybody who's a, ever attended or is it a, a fan, that's just the way it is. But what's interesting about Auburn University, there's this kind of weird, crazy thing that'll happen um, on a Saturday afternoon if the Auburn Tigers are playing football and they win. This strange, weird thing happens where after the game, all of the fans, thousands and thousands of fans will leave and go to this small little block uh, of the city called Tumor's Corner. Have you guys ever heard of Tumor's Corner? So Tumor's Corner is just a few blocks, but all the fans will go and leave and they'll all go. They're, and I'm talking people from all different ethnic backgrounds, all people from all over that region, not just people who have attended Auburn, but just normal fans. Maybe they graduated from there. Maybe they never went to college, right? Rich people, poor people, maybe people who had to scrape all their pennies together just to go to that game. All of these people leave the, the, the stadium and because they won, they go to this part where there's these big oak trees and they take toilet paper with them. And look at this picture of what they do after every game, every game that they win. They proceed to toilet paper that entire block of Auburn with toilet paper. 
all of these people from all of these different backgrounds with all of these different ideas and maybe political and, and socioeconomical uh, differences will go and they're high-fiving each other, they're hugging each other, they're loving on each other and they're toilet paper in the trees because of a victory that was won by 18 to 21-year-old men on a, on a football field. And somehow it's these fans who have been connected together over this victory that was won for them. And what Paul is telling us here, when he says like we're supernaturally connected, it's much like this football game in the way that it unites the fans at Auburn, uh, that there's, there's something much greater even that happens in the body of Christ. There's something much greater even that connects us. There's a greater victory that was won for us, a victory that was won by a savior on a cross who went to the grave and defeated death for us. And so we are super naturally connected the victory that's not just won by 18 to 21 year olds on a football field, but by a savior who died for us, defeated death for us. And it's in Jesus, what Paul's saying is that in Jesus, because of what he did, we receive him by faith and the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And what happens is there's, there's something about the Holy Spirit being inside of each of us that unites us. It unites us together in spite of all of our differences, in spite of all the things that should maybe, uh, um, you know, separate us. If you look across this room, there's differences all across this room, financially, educationally, politically, ethnically, all these things that, that could easily divide us is through the Holy Spirit that we are supernaturally connected. And why? It's because Paul is so showing us here in these verses. Well, Paul is showing us this connection to each other is through the Holy Spirit. So we are supernaturally connected. And Paul is using this point to begin to build this case. Uh, and so supernaturally connected is number one. Number two, second thing this morning is Paul wants us to know we need each other. We're supernaturally connected, but we need each other. Now, one theologian, as he talks about what's going on at the, at the Corinthian church during this time, calls it uh, rugged individualism. Individualism. Rugged individualism is the way they describe what is happening at the church. That the people were allowing these distinction lines to divide them and for them to want things their way in an individual way. And so Paul, what he's about to, and what we're about to read to, uh, together here is he's saying, no, 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 we need each other. So let's look at it in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. It says, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If 
the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary. We don't get to say that because we are one way, that we don't need the other person who might be a different way. We don't get to say that we don't need each other. And why? It's because all, all of the parts of the body, we're all part of the body and we need each other. Now, we think about the human body. Um, do you know that um, the body consists of 200 bones linked by 900 ligaments and 4,000 tendons? Did you know that your heart obviously pumps blood through vessels? And if we were to take all of those vessels and stretch them out end to end, each person has enough blood vessels in their body that end to end they would wrap around the globe three times. That's in your body. Three times. In the palms of our hands, we have over 10,000 touch receptors. Just in the palms of your hand, there's 10,000 different uh, uh, nerve endings for touch. We have over 30 trillion cells. Well, we can't even comprehend that number, but 30 trillion cells are in our bodies and each one is thickly coated with DNA that tells each cell its individual specific job that it is to do. It's all controlled by a brain that fires synapses over 100 billion neurons per hour controlling everything that happens and that happens every moment your entire life. So what Paul is saying here is the church is a lot like the marvel of the creation of the human body. And when the body is healthy, all things are working together. But when something isn't working properly, right, when the synapses aren't firing properly or touch receptors aren't working and feeling properly, the body isn't healthy. And when the heart doesn't pump the blood, then, then the body isn't healthy. And so what Paul is saying here to the church is that we are the same way that the church isn't just an organization, it's an organism. Church isn't just an organization made up of boards and spreadsheets and, and, and you know, uh, whatever, uh, policies and all that thing. I mean, that is a church, but, but it's much more than that. It's an organism. It is a living organism. And when all the parts work as they're designed to function, the church is healthy. But when there are parts that aren't working properly, the church is not healthy because we need each other. We need all the parts working together. You know, I can think of a time in my life where this was extremely true. I, I don't remember dates well, but a few years ago, um, you know, my wife had emergency surgery. Uh, we had 
Uh, you know, I'm the type of guy, like, uh, uh, if, if the kids get hurt or if even my wife gets hurt, I'm like, ah, oh, come on, get up, put some dirt on it, and let's go. We're just going to keep going. That's the type of, of guy I know me in. And my wife, you know, can get frustrated with me sometimes because of that lack of mercy or whatever that is, apathy, or I don't know what it is, right? But, but like, you know, hey, you're going to be fine. Let's go. Let's walk it off. And, and it was in the middle of a night one night, and um, she woke me up. Um, and she was doubled over on the floor. And it was one of those moments where I, I knew, right, some, something was very wrong. It wasn't just the, hey, get up, walk it off type of thing that was happening. And so I knew something was very wrong. And so I immediately uh, rushed her to the hospital. And we found out that she had had um, this uh, ovary that had completely ruptured and, and twisted over on itself. It's what it's called, ovarian torsion and uh, she was massive uh, hemorrhage internally. And um, the torsion of the ovary, which is extremely painful, actually saved her life because it restricted the blood flow enough that they had time to actually get in and, and pro provide surgery that, um, that caused that to, to not proceed. And so, um, you know, very traumatic uh, experience, something I had never been through before in, in that sort of way. And so it was in that night and that next day that, um, you know, we had people reaching out to us and letting us know that we were uh, being prayed for. And we had people coming to our side to take care of things that we needed and check in on our kids and the weeks following that, right, uh, we had people who brought us meals, who checked on us and prayed for us or would just come and sit and laugh with us and encourage us. And it's this church, it was the church being the church. I had people who stepped up who, who aren't going to, you know, necessarily come and, and, and lay hands on us and pray for us, but people who uh, the way they contributed was to cover some of my responsibilities at the church or some of my wife's responsibilities at the church. And it, so it was all these different giftings and all of these different ways that people came together to be the church in our life when we needed it, when we needed it, because we need each other. And it's all the parts. It's not just the pastor who comes and lays hands on you. It's not just the people who can make a meal, but it's the people who can, you know, uh, unlock the doors on Sunday or make sure the toilets work on Sunday and all of these different things. And so it was the church body in all of its parts that came and loved on us and was the church for us. And in those moments, we didn't, we didn't need uh, another sermon, you know. Uh, I mean, I didn't need a, a worship song necessarily, although we worshiped through that. But, but what we needed was the body to be the body for us in that moment. And it, it showed up in all of its pieces. And so what Paul is saying in this passage is that we need each other. We are supernaturally connected. And all the things that should divide us don't have to. We are super naturally connected. We need each other. The church is not just an organization. It's an organism. It's an organism. 
But not only that, but I want to kind of, as we get into this last point, point number three, I want to kind of jump to the end uh, real quick and, and just read what Paul says in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this, and pay attention, lean in with me here for a moment. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ. And each one of you has a part of it. Each one of you. So what Paul is saying to us, point number three that I want to give you today is that we all have a role. We all have a role. Let's go back now and let's read it and starting in verse 22 of chapter 12. It says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are, are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are, are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no such special treatment. But God has put the body together. God, I love that part of this. God has put the body together. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it. So that there should be no division in the body, but, it's, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honor, every part rejoices with it. What Paul here has just done, he's kind of divided uh, by what he just said, he's kind of divided the church into kind of two types of, of categories, two types of basic giftings where he's saying like uh, uh, in verse 21, there was the hands and the feet and the eyes, right? He's talking about external things, right? Sort of forward facing giftings like uh, preaching up here on the stage is kind of forward facing or leading worship or leading a small group or teaching a Bible study, right? That's a type, that's sort of a forward facing external sort of uh, of gifting, uh, but he's also talking here about things that, that, that require more modesty or things that aren't external, but are more internal, right? Not necessarily seen publicly all the time. Things like, uh, you know, the heart and the lungs, things that we don't always see, but we know that are vitally important to the health of a body. And so he's kind of drawn these two distinctions here. And the point of that is that we need all of them right? We need all of the things to work together. And, and when they do, and they come together and they function properly, it's this beautiful picture of health. And when the church body in the same way flourishes and all the parts are working together, the external, the internal, then the community is impacted by what God is doing through his church body. And so I love I love in this passage uh, so much, verse 18 and then later in verse 24, that we, we get this idea that this is the way that God has designed it. And I love that so much. It's the way that God has designed it and that, that he has somehow sovereignly organized this organism, right? He has sovereignly created and put all the parts and pieces together for uh, the body as this organism. And so 
with that in mind, I, there's another verse I want to give you here today. It's in Ephesians and Ephesians chapter two. Let's just read it together because it's great. It says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What an amazing verse, but I want, I want, you to, I want us to, to go deeper on this because this word uh, here, handiwork, in a lot of the translations, it's actually uh, uh, the word has been translated to workmanship, right? If you read a different translation, it might say workmanship, but it's uh, from the Greek word poema, which is where we get the word poem. And this word poema is often translated with the word masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. God has painstakingly created you exactly the way you are. He has drawn every piece of you exactly how he wanted you to be. Your temperament, your personality type, your experiences, the things that you're passionate about. He has made you exactly the way you are. We are God's, you are God's poema. You are God's masterpiece in Christ Jesus. But why? Listen, for the purpose of good works. You are God's masterpiece created exactly the way you were meant to be created for the purpose of good works. But even more, even more, we are not just consumers. You weren't created just to consume, but you were created to contribute. And look at the end of the verse again. It says that God prepared in advance. A long, long time ago, before you were born, God created you. He prepared in advance every aspect of who you are in advance so that you would take all that you are created to be, all that you are gifted with, so that you would use your poema, that you would use that for good works that he prepared before you were even made, that you would just not, not walk in or that you would walk in those gifts and that you would use them and that you would contribute and not just consume. And so the idea that, that Paul is describing here, the, the reason that I think that here in 1 Corinthians, uh, we hear him say that, that God made it this way, that, that God so organized the body is that I think for some of you that you think that you are at Bayshore Community Church because you love Pastor Danny's preaching. Or maybe you love the worship team, Corey and the team and the worship is amazing. Or maybe you think you're here at Bayshore because of the amazing kids ministries that we have or whatever it is. But, but actually those sort of consumeristic ideas, those sort of consumeristic reasons for why you thought you came to Bayshore are not actually the reasons that I believe that you are here. That long before you were ever made, long before you were ever born, God had an idea. 
He had an awesome idea that he would put you together in your poeminess. He would put you as his masterpiece because he was making an organ of the body that he knew Bayshore needed to be healthy. That he created you with a special purpose to be part of his body, to be part of his church, to fill a gap that only you can fill. And so we are supernaturally connected. We need each other. And we all have a role. You all, each one of us have a part. In Acts chapter nine, there's this amazing story in the early church as the church was flourishing. Um, and uh, it's uh, about this lady named Tabitha. Now there's multiple translations of Tabitha's name. One I think is uh, Greek and one is Hebrew. Uh, Tabitha, I believe being the Hebrew, but the Greek translation is Dorcas. I feel really weird, weird saying the name Dorcas. So I'm just gonna use Tabitha uh, for, from, from here on. But, but Tabitha was this woman in the city of Joppa and uh, the church was growing in Joppa and had been established and many amazing things were happening around the church in Joppa. And Tabitha was a wealthy uh, businesswoman in that city. Uh, she had made a fortune uh, selling fine linens at that time. And uh, the church was growing at such a rate that they needed a larger place to be able to meet. And Tabitha, her home, became that place where the church would meet. And so uh, uh, because of her uh, willingness to open up uh, her home, uh, the church continued to thrive and to be healthy. But Tabitha wasn't the, the pastor. She wasn't the preacher. She wasn't even a, a small group leader necessarily. She used what she was gifted to do and the church flourished because it was healthy because she was playing her part, the part that she was designed to play. And so it was in the city of Joppa that the church flourished and God did incredible things because of that. And it's because they were connected supernaturally. They needed each other and they knew that. It's because they knew they all had a part. And what's cool is in the Bible, it actually, the quote uh, about Tabitha says this. It says that she was always doing good and helping. And so I got to thinking about that this week. And I'm, you know, I, we've got Tabitha stories all over our church, all around our church at all of our campuses. And, and I can think of a few people. There's a lady named Cheryl who has served cleaning the church for years. And now after years of serving behind the scenes to make sure that this place is, is beautiful and ready for people to come in, uh, she serves in our kids ministry. And she serves loving on kids and praying for kids and worshiping over kids and, and calling out what God has created them to be and, and volunteering and serving so that mom and dad, you can come in and maybe get the only day of the week that you're not having to deal with screaming kids or crying babies, right? To give you the opportunity to sit and to listen to the word and to worship together and be filled with faith while other people serve and take care of your kids. You see, we've got our own 
Tabitha stories here. Many of you knew Howard out in the lobby. Howard Lacates have served for decades here at the church, not up on stage. Howard's not coming up here to preach a sermon or sing a song, but he serves every week. He's here earlier than, than most, leaves later than most, and he's here to make sure that there are no obstacles in the way for people to be able to come in and experience Jesus and to meet Jesus. We have Tabitha stories all over the place. How many of you had a cup of coffee this morning? Did you know that John Masters gets here at 7.30, rides his bike here every week and is here hours before you get here to make sure that when you come in that you feel at home and that you feel loved? Tabitha stories. Irv stands out at the road every week whether people pull in this parking lot or not, he's gonna make sure that they get a Holy Ghost anointed wave and a smile as they go in the name of Jesus. We have our Tabitha stories. And so the question that I wanna ask you today, the thing that I wanna ask you is, is, is these people know that they're not here just to consume. These people I mentioned, there's many more. There's so many more. They know they're not here to consume. They're here to contribute. And so how about you this morning? What about you this morning? Are you just coming to consume? Just to partake, to watch, to evaluate? I liked it. Head speaking, I like that song. I didn't like that singer. It was too hot, it was too cold, it was too loud, not loud enough. Didn't like the color of those lights. You here to consume? Or are you here to contribute? Uh, we have a saying around here, and, and this kind of, for me, kind of sums up the whole point that, that the church is not a cruise ship. The church is a battleship. The church doesn't exist for you to come and to just be served and to just be entertained like a cruise ship. But the church is a battleship and it exists so that we can make a difference in our world, in our communities and all around. The church exists to bring the light of Jesus. We are on a mission to make a difference. And at a battleship, where's your position? What is your post? Where in the body is there a gap that you can fill and to do it in only a way that you were designed to do? The only way that your poema, your, the masterpiece that God has created you to be. So let's not be just consumers. Let's be contributors. Well, I want to say this too. Like, listen, there's some of you here today and you're listening to this and you're like, man, my... I'm just here because my, my marriage is a wreck and I've, I've got, I, there's no way I, I'm tapped out. And I want to tell you, this body exists for you to come and to be served and to be loved and to be helped through that time. And 
if and when you get through that season, then you think about serving. I'm not asking you to serve. For some of you, the season of life that you're in with kids and, and multiple jobs or businesses and things that are overwhelming, this body exists for you to come and to be refreshed and to be restored and to be loved on. And so when you get through that season, you look at how you can serve and what your position is. So I'm not, I'm not talking about that there's not times or seasons where this, it, it doesn't make sense for you to do that. But you are still created for something. And when the time is right, it's about finding that something and not just consuming, but contributing. So all that said here today, what are the practical steps? What are the things? What, okay, what do we do with this? And Number one, I want you to know we, uh, we have a, a program that's called Next Steps. We talk about it a lot. I believe it's one of the most important things we do here at Bayshore. It's one of the most important classes that we do. If you've been here for 40 years or if you've been here for four weeks, Next Steps is a class that you should pray about attending because in that class, we're gonna help you uh, understand your spiritual gifts and your personality and some of the ways that God has wired you and talk about the vision and the mission of our church and the history of our church and help you find where you fit in, help you find where you may have been created to contribute. And so if you haven't been through next steps, I would encourage you to do that. Even if you're serving already, I would say it's a good thing to go through. And so right now we're in the middle of a, a, a series of those classes through the month of October, um, where we do it once a, a week on Sunday for one hour. In November, we have a class coming up that is all four classes in one day for four hours. So I would encourage you, if you haven't gone through Next Steps, go to bayshore.online, go to our kiosk or whatever it is and sign up, find out how you can take that class because we wanna help you figure out all that God has created you to be and where you best fit and where you can have the most contribution and the most impact within the body. Um, second thing is, is today, maybe when you came in, you saw some tables set up in the lobby. We've got many of our kind of core uh, areas of service uh, out there represented. We, I'd encourage you if, if you want to go out and ask some questions or figure out what it might look like to be on the worship team or what it might look like to be on the production team or what it might look like to be on the, the care team. By the way, the care team, uh, it's our new group. Uh, if you're walking around today, you're going to see our care team wearing name tags. Um, and so if you find one of our, our care team members wearing a name tag, you know that you can go to them, you can ask for prayer, you can let them know you got a surgery coming up, you can let them know you, you got a need. So anyway, maybe you want to join the care team, they're going to be out there. Uh, maybe you want to be in the parking lot with Irv. Man, come on, I want like 300 Irvs out in the parking lot, just, just bringing them in, just waving them in here because uh, they can come and see Jesus. Maybe you want to be on the host team that when people walk through those doors, do you remember the first time you walked through the doors and somebody shook your hand and asked you how you were and how, how your life is and all that and you felt that welcoming, inviting uh, uh, place here? Maybe that's how you can do it. Maybe, maybe you want to start and to lead a small group. Maybe you want to teach a Bible study. I, there's so many ways. All of those, kids ministry, youth ministry. And those are just some of the few that, that, that are out there today. And so maybe you wanna take some time to go out and engage with some of them and find out what it might look like for you to be a part of that and for you to contribute that way. But you were gifted 
You were designed. You are a masterpiece of God. That long ago, it says, long ago, he created and you have a purpose and you have a place to contribute because we're all supernaturally connected. We need each other, each and every part. We need every part, hands, the eyes, the lungs, the heart. We need each other and you have a part in that. Let me pray for you as we go today. Lord, I thank you for your word and I thank you for our church, God, and what the church has meant to me over the years. And God, we want to be a place that is healthy and whole. God, not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of the world, for the benefit of our community, God, that needs Jesus. And so today, Lord, I just ask that you'd speak to each heart in this room. God, that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that you, they are your masterpiece and that every detail is the way you designed it and you designed it for a purpose. Let us not leave and not know that in our hearts, God. Remind us this week when we get discouraged. Remind us this week when people try to uh, uh, distract us, Lord, that we are your masterpiece and we were created for a purpose. I speak that and proclaim that over every person in this room. And God, I just pray for Bayshore Community Church that this body as a whole, God, that we would be healthy and all parts would be, be whole and, and, and God, that you would use us to make a difference in your world. So I thank you for what you're gonna do in advance. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.